0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me, as always, Zach Bartle. Zach, what's going on, man?
1: Well, you know, I have been playing with a brand new podcast app for about the last 15 minutes. Um, not, not, that I've, not that I've been bored and waiting for anybody's <laughs> Mac to start working. But, but I, uh, I got this new podcast app called CastBox. Okay. And I love it. Nice. I so, I'd been using Stitcher and it didn't have here's the thing man I still buy, I still buy like data in advance and like minutes like it's <laughs> 2001 because I use so very little of it and right. and I'm trying to cut way back so I wanted to be able to just go on whatever podcast I wanted to listen to like you know, over the next couple of weeks, and just download using Wi-Fi, just download apps like nobody's business. Yeah, and and have them all stored in a uh, you know like a library. And Stitcher wasn't it wasn't very easy to do that. So this one allows me to. I've been and I've been binging more than ever. I go through fits and starts with podcast podcasting. Nice. And I man, I burned through this one called uh, the Pope's Long Con, which was great, uh, depressing but great. And uh, I've been listening to this one called uh, Liar City. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's all just like different like hucksters and, and scumbags and, and uh, you know, different, different – uh, either historical or modern or whatever. And this guy just kind of deconstructs what made it work, why people listen to him. Uh, it might be like a classical kind of con man deal or it might be a televangelist or he does a whole one on Mike Warnke and the Satanic Panic. Oh, wow. It's been kind of it's been kind of interesting, and then I've been into these Shroud of Turin ones. Oh, um, I saw you posting on those, dude! I have, I just I've been obsessed with that thing off and on for decades, literally. And I found a great one um, out of Louisiana. It's this priest and this uh, historical. She's it's, it's, it's a professor of his history, and uh, it's called "Who Is the Man of the Shroud." Mm-hmm. And I burned right through that one, and then I found this old one from 2008 called "The Shroud Cast." And I oh, wow. just started getting into that one. So yeah, I've been, I've been podcasting an awful lot. Not only do I have like 38 podcasts, I listen to like 138 <laughs> podcasts.
0: Nice, nice. I have been uh, more on the lazy side. I, uh, I listen to a few podcasts, and I'm probably going to start upping that because I finally caught up with all of the podcasts that I listen to. So for a while, I was actually backlogged with Happy rant. I was backlogged a little bit with Gut Check and finally got caught up with those.
1: So now. Which one did you get catched up with first? I said catched up. Catch up (laughs) up with. (laughs) Um, Catch up the word. I I
0: got caught up with Gut Check first because there were fewer of those. And Um, because it's better. And because it's better. Dude, I'm telling you, I still love going back and listening. My two favorites are the ones. The the one where you and Ted are doing the soda stream and you forgot the stuff and had to go to Walmart to pick it up.
1: I laughed so
0: hard on that. And then the Dude, one where there, you guys that,
1: that's up there with like uh the whole like uh War of the Worlds thing <laughs> where people thought it was real. <laughs>
0: oh man that one and then the one where you guys are just sampling what was it like the 12 bag from taco bell or something like that Yeah,
1: gotta do the tacos man
0: (laughs) oh man those i just i go back and re-listen to and they're just it doesn't matter how many times i've heard them i'm just laughing right along with
1: them like i've heard them for the first time now how many now that you're caught up how many are you are you keeping up with um so i have four Um, I have, Oh, you're a lightweight man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing is like, so there was one that I was listening to. It was the glass cannon podcast and that one, no, I'm sorry. Five now, because that group of people who's doing that one put another one on called, um, androids and aliens. And so it's, they're playing these RPG, RPG games, but they're like, they're professional, um, comedians and, actors and voice actors. One of them's like a screenplay writer. And so it's like you're listening to a story. Uh, it's not language kid friendly, but it is absolutely hysterical. And um, they had basically two years worth of podcasts out at that point. So I was binging all the way through them to get caught up with them. And then finally uh, got caught up with with them just recently. So um, so now that I've caught up with everything, um, I'm going to go ahead and start looking for some others. So no, actually, I think I have like six now that I think about it because I've got your Clinch one that I, I listen to. Let me let, let me do a count here. That way we'll give some promotion, some love. <laughs> uh, so Clinch, uh, Gut Check, uh, Happy Rant, Front Porch with the Fitzies, um, Glass Cannon, and – uh, Androids and aliens. So yeah, six of them. No, um, no, Doc and Devo, huh? Um, no, not yet. I think they're the next one that I'm going to go on and download and try to get caught up on because now that literally, um, I, I can my my drive is long enough in the morning and in the afternoon that I can listen to one full one going to and coming home from work. Mm. Um, so you know, I mean, if you do the math, I go and work five days a week. You know, that's only three days um so i think that'll give me um you know two days four episodes each time going in and coming back to get caught up with them so i think that's my plan next
1: is it kind of funny how binging is like simultaneously it's freeing on one hand but then it also almost feels like oppression yeah like (laughs) If you're like, oh, crap, I'm behind, or you or you start a new one, and you're like, oh, I know new ones are coming out every yeah. week or twice a week, but I haven't – I feel the need, the responsibility like it's a job. Yes. Dude, I, Netflix, the same thing. I, I have binged. Oh, my gosh, dude. I watched – this is a little sad. In a day and a half, yep. I watched an entire documentary series recently. <laughs> nice. It was called um, – evil genius have you seen this no i i've seen it on there but i haven't watched it yet it was the pizza bomber yeah the, the thing where the guy went in and and he had the bomb strapped to his neck and it was i was cleaning my bedroom um because it had just become a complete disaster and then i was like putting in like five weeks worth of receipts into my my uh, checkbook program and i just kept it I, I just let it go you know five seconds till the next one starts and we'll watch a little of the next one then I got done with that one, and I'm like, "Oh, the same two brothers who like produced that did one called Wild Wild Country." Okay, and it's about this cult in Oregon in the '80s, and oh, I'm in, like three yeah. deep into that one. It's so stinking crazy. I can't believe. I mean, I was alive when this stuff was going on, and I knew nothing about it. It's wild. Yeah, yeah. See,
0: you're more um, you're more high minded than I am with what you watch because. I too have been binging, but I just finished binging actually when it first came out. Um, Lost in Space. Have you seen oh, any yeah, of that? Oh, yeah. I've
1: heard that's really good. Oh, actually, Turkish is. told me to check that out.
0: Yeah. That is, um, it is a fantastic, uh, adaptation, remaking, retelling of the story. And, uh, I'm looking forward to season two when they finally pull that one out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. But then I've been on this, uh, stand up comedy kick. So nice. I've just been watching all of these stand-up comedians. Um, Kevin James has one. Do you know who he oh, is? Oh,
1: that one was great. Yes. Oh, did you see that one? Yeah, and Mulaney's got a new one out now too. Did you watch that one? Um, who's that? John Mulaney. Yes. It's called uh, Kid Gorgeous, yes. Radio City Musical. Yes. Dude, when he does the whole bit about <laughs> – Trump, he compares it to a horse being loose in a hospital, and then the the whole thing about uh, street smarts. Yes, my wife and I watched that twice now, and like our bedroom's right below my son's bedroom, and we were so afraid we were gonna like keep him awake with how hard we were laughing. Oh man, that's great. That that guy's my favorite comedian, and not by a little bit. Have you seen um, Maz
0: Jabriri or Jabrani? Is that – are you just making up syllables, dude? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, have you ever seen the show Superior Donuts? Are you making up shows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not ever heard that.
0: Okay, so Superior Donuts is a show with um, Judd Hirsch. He was the guy in Independence oh, Day. Oh, I Judd Hirsch, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So um, he owns this donut shop in uh, – I think it's Chicago, in downtown Chicago. And um, he has this uh, street kid come in and start working for him. But there is um, a guy who owns a dry cleaner, and he's from the Middle East, and it's Maz Gibrani. But he has three stand-up comedian shows on um, on Netflix. Oh man, hysterical, absolutely hysterical! But he does he does a lot of stuff like that too. So yeah, Dude, I'm uh, super
1: jazzed because my wife, for my 40th birthday, she bought me and uh, my and her and my son tickets to go see Gaffigan. This summer, oh nice! Up at Interlochen uh, in northern <laughs> Michigan, I am so jazzed. He he's so funny. Yes, he's got like four or five of them on Netflix too. Yeah, yeah, we actually, yeah, he's got five because Cinco was the last one. Yeah, my son, my son knows them all by heart. <laughs> he'll he'll reference those in like everyday conversation. He's ten.
0: That's great. That's great. Brian Regan has one on there right now, which is good.
1: And with the nunchucks one, yes. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much. I, I will actually. Um, this is really. This is really dorky, but if there's one that I, I want to watch, but I don't really have you know the time to devote to you know maybe two or three comedy specials in a week. Right. I will. I will just hit record on uh, Audacity, and I will hit play on Netflix, and I'll record the audio, and I'll go do something else, nice. and then I'll load it onto my Palm Pilot, and I'll listen to it in the car. That is fantastic. <laughs> it's probably illegal too so i shouldn't have said it you know but then i I delete it i've got my subscription i'm paying for it that's right
0: that's right there's nothing wrong with that it's not like you're inviting people into your car and like hey listen to this and by the way pay me three bucks i'm like
1: i'm just at (laughs) random street corners i'm like hop in (laughs) check it out who's that french guy who was on (laughs) comedians in cars and he just had one come out oh uh
0: i i can't remember that um yeah, yeah pretty I can't funny. Remember. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's another yeah. another good one with um uh
1: Jerry Seinfeld. Is that the one uh, is that the series you're talking Jerry, about? Jerry before Seinfeld that was pretty darn good. It, the, the thing with me is you, you most comedians mm-hmm. can can earn my my patronage. My I I will become a a loyal supporter. You just have to make me laugh and not be gross and curse a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, And so many comedians I'll see on like, you know, clips on, on Facebook from when they were on Jimmy Kimmel or, you know, uh, I almost just said Jay Leno, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Fallon or whatever. And, and I'll be like, man, that guy's really funny. And then I'll look him up and be like, oh, they can be funny, but right. then they just get lazy and make a bunch of gross fart and sex jokes. Cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, that anyone can do that and it's not funny. Right. I mean it can be it can be sort of funny, but it's I don't know, I just got no respect for that at all. Right. Well and I think there's a difference too
0: between, you know, throwing it in there as, you know, an adult and trying to appeal to the adult and a difference of talking about like your family environment and the things that naturally happen in your family that everyone can relate to.
1: Um, you know, and that's, i oh, sure. Yeah. If, yeah, if it's part of your talking about life right? and you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, if, if just, I don't know, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want the graphic stuff and, and, right. and, and I'm not holier than now about that kind of thing at all. Like I, I like stupid humor. Right. I, I, I laugh at Adam Sandler movies, but <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like there's a certain, it's, it's just, it's like, you know, waiting your bat or, mm-hmm. or it, it, you know, it, putting the, the plaster on your hand wraps, if you're a boxer or some, something where you're just, it, it it's almost like cheating, but then the end result is that, that, you know, you, when you hit the ball, it, it barely dribbles over to the shortstop, you know I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's both unfair as an advantage and never actually pans out. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's less funny than Chris Rock. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. do like Louis C.K. Oh, I can't say that anymore. But you know, despite the fact that he's a complete pervert weirdo, oh, yeah. I I, I do like some of his stuff. Like one of his specials, I would just I have the Amazon Fire Stick, yeah, and he and he'd go for about twenty minutes on just like you know Cinnabon and the airport and just like you know how he doesn't exercise. You know, just stupid stuff. Yeah, observation. And then he'd start getting into. it. I'd be like, "Oh, this is going to get you know blue for a minute," and I would just hit the fifteen second skip until <laughs> every word that I you know you'd hear one or two words and go, "Nope, he's still in it." <laughs> right. And then I'd come back out of it. Um, uh, and I think as I get older, my my tolerance for that kind of thing is just waning. Yeah,
0: no, I I agree. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I've been going through uh, a lot. Like I said, a lot of the comedians on Netflix, and and within I would say about. 10 minutes i know whether or not i'm going to keep watching and so you know it gets a little annoying because you have that section on netflix where it's like continue watching and so there's like a string of comedians on there continue watching it's like no i don't want to continue watching that's why i turned the thing
1: off um but yeah how fancy the algorithms are today no, none of these services know anything about me. Like people are like, I, I can't believe how much Facebook knows about me. Dude, two days ago, Facebook tried to get me to join a, a Howard Stern fan page. I'm like, <laughs> nobody knows me less than Facebook does. And then Netflix is like, I have such an advanced algorithm that I see that you liked watching uh, Kevin James and Jerry Seinfeld, so I assume you want to see this really raunchy, crappy thing. Right. And it's like, so. Basically, it's not even an algorithm. It's just like categories. Like you like stand-up comedy in general. Right. uh, No, I like a particular kind of stand-up comedy. And in this day and age, you should be able to anticipate who I'm going to like and who I'm (laughs) going to despise.
0: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, man. That's great. Um, So, yeah. We just did a whole uh, 15 minutes on uh, who you should be watching on Netflix.
1: (laughs) That's what we did. Hey, is that all you're watching? Because you you mentioned that you had Um, some – Recommendations? Yeah, I've
0: also um, I've been watching some really cool documentaries. I um, so I teach uh, middle school science, and I've been looking for you know we're kind of winding down on the year, and so I've been kind of looking for some videos that I can interlace throughout the curriculum to show the students. So I've been watching a bunch of documentaries, and there are several on there that are just absolutely fascinating. I've been watching several on the space race program. Um, and so it's called uh, Rocket Men, and it takes you all the way back to the beginning stages where JFK, you know, made the famous speech. You know, we choose to go to the moon. Uh, all the way to modern time, where you know we're setting our sights and goals on Mars. Um, mm-hmm. There's another one on there. I forget what the name of it is, but it's um, talking about you know this generation of kids that are coming up. And how their new frontier is going to be Mars. So, a lot of you know, it interviews these kids at space camp, it's talking to them about why they want to do this. And uh, so, that one was kind of fascinating. And then I was watching a couple of documentaries on um, genetics and what's going on with gene therapy and um, kind of, you know, the FDA, you know, trying to get things rolling with that, but, you know, also trying to be careful that they don't put something out there that's going to cause more harm than good. Um, and then there was one that I was watching. I am legend. I am legend. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> my bad. World War Z, <laughs> right? Um, but then there was another one um, that is fairly mild, talking about uh, I, I, I forget what the the name of that one is as well, but it goes through the development stages of um, of a child from you know, conception, of course, it, you know, doesn't go into graphic detail or anything like that. But, you know, talks about the basic uh, conception all the way through uh, the nine months and talks about at this stage, these are the major developmental things that are going on. And it actually um, documents real life um, people who during some of those critical stages have had things uh, go wrong in the genetic development. And it, you know, so it was really, it was a fascinating um, documentary because I'm working with um, my sixth graders on genetics at this point um, and talking to them about, you know, life and, and all that. So um, that one was just a really fascinating case. It talked about, um, it, it documents these four, um, what are they called? Quintuplets? Was that the official term? Twins, I don't know let me check with a science teacher is it called <laughs> hey that I'm a science sense. teacher I'm not an English major <laughs> 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 um, but yeah so these four identical children um, and and so it like talks about their story and and even how unlikely it was that all four of them made it to um to birth and then it details just some other things, and so I've just I've been hanging out and um, really watching some of the documentaries on there, some of the science documentaries, and those have been really fascinating. And then there was one that I just showed my students about the Voyager probes that we sent out, and so you know documenting what happened um, when we got to Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune, and then like it it follows them all the way into like 2012, where I think it was Voyager. Uh, one just broke through our solar system. So 2012, it finally made it and, and went through our solar system and is in, in, in international space right now, just kind of traveling out there. And so we, we're still getting these faint signals back from Voyager, but we have to keep building bigger and better and stronger antennas in order to receive the signals they're sending back. So just a really fascinating and cool, um, cool thing to, to see and experience and be able to share with my students.
1: Isn't all space international space? Uh,
0: yes, interstellar is what I meant. Interstellar, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe like
1: Russia had dibs on part. Like We get know, to the bring it- general area around <laughs> Saturn. <laughs> it's, it's Russian. It, it, bring it full circle here. Have you heard of a podcast called The Habitat? I have not. Oh, wait, maybe. What's it it's about? a Gimlet podcast, which those are like, Always great. It's about it's one of these where they dump the whole like season, like everything, all at once, so you okay. can binge it right away. And it's about uh, this NASA project where um, they were they're doing you know continual research about this, the Mars mission, right? And this one is just basically um, research on what do we have to take into consideration vis-a-vis a bunch of people living in super close quarters for like three years. So, uh, we'll so give this them is. Weapons. <laughs> There's no weapons, but they're, you know, everyone's got, you know, God gave you 10 good ones. Right. <laughs> uh, and, um, like, like, so they have these people in a habitat, which is basically the size of what they'd be on, uh, on, on Mars. And they're there for a year uh. and you know, they don't have even like all the, the, uh communication they have with the outside world has the same delay that it would have if they were on Mars Um, and they have to put on space suits if they're ever going to go outside. And it's really interesting. They, they start out, everyone likes each other and they're, you know, this is going to be fun. And then it starts to kind of break into like survivor-esque, like factions and alliances and people start to just turn on each other. It is, it's, it's kind of like... Almost like a low-brow reality TV podcast, but at the same time, you're like, ah, it's for science, so uh, let me just enjoy it. That's right.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. I'll have to, that'll be one that I'll have to check out. So I'll have to remember some of these as I'm going back. So once I finish uh, Doctrine and Devotion, I'll go back and uh, get these recommendations from you on other ones. So soon, soon I will be up to the four million that you listen to, Zach, but it'll be a while. <laughs> you know, it
1: was a... It was a little overwhelming when I opened up for the first time this cast box thing, and it said, uh, scrubbing more than one million podcasts from <laughs> however many sources. And I was like, there are more than one million podcasts? I mean, I know there are people who have more than one, but if everyone who has one just had one, that's like – that's one out of 300 people in the country. Right. That's <laughs> a podcast? Come on. Uh. <laughs> That's why you need to have like 10 or 20 even to be, you know, noticed. That's right.
0: I wonder if that takes into account like pastors who are putting their podcasts out too. Do you think that's
1: the case? Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Or even like, I mean, I know there are some people who use Podbean or even just, you know, a standard RSS feed. You you can, you can make a podcast with WordPress and I know people do that for like recording, you know, this, this semester of a class or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's inflated. It's not, it's not you know, programs per se still though. Right. Um, talk about, you know, getting lost in, uh, a, a sea of content. Yeah.
0: Needles in very large haystacks.
1: Oh man. But you know, that doesn't stop 20,000, 30,000 people from finding these go to 11. Every that's
0: week. right. Hey, that's how we roll 80,000.
1: Well, we're just throwing numbers out there. 200,000. <laughs>
0: Uh, are we going to do something cool when we finally reach three hundred thousand downloads? We missed the two hundred thousand download mark. Oh, well, where does it stand? Uh, that's a good question. I would have to check that out once we
1: stopped recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there should be there should be something. Um, that's maybe that's when we should do a live app.
0: There we go. There we go. We could do. Um, we could do what we tried to do when we reached a uh, hundred episodes. Um, yeah, and- that went well, dude.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I was on I, the outside looking in, listening <laughs> and uh, laughing. Oh,
0: dude, I still contend that the worst part about that is the fact that we never we never tried to do one again after that. Like if we literally had stopped after the first couple of podcasts that Greg and I did. Actually, I take that back. The first couple podcasts Greg and I did, we had our good buddy Josh Mitchell. Um, you you and I were actually talking about him earlier before we started recording. He's the one that did the um, intro music for us. Um, so he came up with that. Um, he's the one who actually got us going and set up, who made it possible for me to continue to do all the editing and things like that on these Go to 11. He was there for the first couple. But then you listen to like, I don't know, maybe like the next dozen after that, and the sound's kind of spotty, maybe in and out a little bit. And it took me a little while to get the um, adjustments right for everything
1: until I knew yeah, what I was get doing. More, uh- aluminum foil on the that's right. rabbit ears
0: <laughs> wait wait no a little to the left a little to the right no <laughs> babe good hold memories. on are
1: they not <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> the only memories i have is that usually i was the one standing up there doing that while my dad was like wait
1: don't move <laughs> <laughs> it's first in 10 you can move in 25 minutes that's right <laughs> Oh man, dude! No one will ever. Did we have some kind of content to talk about today. What was it like? A... I think we did.
0: <laughs> we um we had two questions last week that came from our listeners, and we spent um we spent the good bit of the podcast last week talking about uh, legalism and holiness and uh, license and liberty and all of that stuff. Um, we had another one come in from a faithful listener of ours as well. Um, and that one, I think I said his name was Noel. His name's actually Tyler Noble. Um, so I totally screwed his name up. Sorry, Tyler. Um, this time uh, we had another one come in from Jared. I'm just going to say um, his first name so that way we don't um, you know give anything away um, beyond that. Um, but he had a question. Uh, do you have it in front of you, Zach? Because I remember the general gist of it, but if you actually have the question right there... Um, I can let you read it word for word. Otherwise, I can just kind of, you know.
1: I bet I can do a similar job to how I did reading the last one <laughs> by going back. I don't know. You and I, we didn't text much this week, so I probably can find it fairly quickly. Oh yeah, uh, there it is. Actually, I have it too. Oh, go
0: for it, man. Okay, read away. cool. Oh shoot, man, that it's was a, small, that, isn't it? That was a horrible picture I sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got it for you, man. You got the pictures? Yeah, I got the pictures. Okay. And I'm looking out, and it's like, oh, man. (laughs) Okay. Um, So here we go. This is going to be pretty specific, so maybe best uh, left for mailbag episode. Uh, 27-year-old with cerebral palsy, and while I like the opposite gender and would like to pursue marriage, bad thing is I do collect disability benefits. I tend to read a lot of premarital slash healthy dating Christian books. And sometimes it can be a bit discouraging when it seems the author might discourage that for me. Anyways, guys, what would be your thoughts? What would your thoughts be? Um, Love the cast, Jared. Um, And so you you actually were in contact with Jared um, for some clarification. And some of the things that he said was that people have actually, because he collects disability – basically, um, I I mean, is it too strong of a word to be like, yeah, they're basically calling him a freeloader and he needs to be out, you know, getting a real job to provide for his family?
1: No, that's that's not what he said. It was more along the lines of kind of challenging him um, because he's on a a fixed income at this point, just simply because of uh, his situation that, you know, well, if you're not going to be a solid provider, then – you have no business dating because dating is for marriage, and marriage, if you're the man, you know, for, forget the fact that there are so many uh, marriages out there where we got married and then an illness, a disease, an injury uh, rendered a man unable to work. Right. Um, at that point, is he not as much of a man, not as much of a husband? Right. Right. Um, I think it sounds like maybe a, a grumpy old coot of some kind. Uh, and then also, you know, he references all these books. Um, I, I'm guessing probably uh, reformed-y stuff um, and, you know, gender roles and uh, these parachurch ministries that define themselves by uh, standing up for these traditional right. uh, roles and, 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 you know, the way a relationship's supposed to look. Yeah, Uh, That can be awfully unbending, and and I could see how it would be discouraging for somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I've known um, uh, probably a handful of people uh, within my life where – and actually, even in my own family, this was the case where my mom probably – I would say up until the point where I was in fourth or fifth grade was more of the part-time worker – uh, stay-at-home mom, kind of take care of the kids type thing. And then she ended up getting a really good job uh, working as a nurse. She was a uh, certified nurse, so working as a nurse. And she ended up uh, pulling in more money than my dad did. And so you know, they were talking, and they just came to the decision that, well, it's better if dad kind of cuts back on his hours a little bit. And he takes care of the kids now and does the cooking and all that stuff. And um, – mm-hmm. You know, I remember. I remember not really thinking that was weird at all, um, because I, I, I don't know. We were just we were always raised that you know, mom and dad were mom and dad. You know, I mean, my mom did. Um, she, as long as I can remember, she did work most of the time in some capacity, whether it was full or part time. So we had. Partial incomes, at least coming from uh, both of them, at various points in our lives as kids growing up, and so I never really thought it was weird that, oh well, mom's making more money now, so you know, dad's just going to kind of do the things mom was doing, and you know, I I've known other people like that as well, where you know, mom mom's got a better job than dad does, and she's making more money, but we still need somebody mm-hmm. to take care of the kids, and so, hey, dad's going to be the one to do it right now.
1: Yeah, and you know what's funny is I've I mean I I remember I used to listen to daily uh, it was actually a video cast of some kind um, from a, a ministry uh, the guy uh, the guy's name rhymes with uh, Rod Zeal and uh, he was asked a question one day is it okay for the wife to be the breadwinner if it's a mutual decision and the guy to maybe be more uh, stay at home with the kids, or mm-hmm. homeschool the kids, or or even be kind of the homemaker, housekeeper, right? Uh, whatever we want. I, mean, I don't. I don't know what terms aren't offensive anymore. I, I never know. <laughs> um, you know, the guy, the guy who's who's he, we're already dividing labor in almost any marriage, but he's right. going to do more of this stuff. And and the answer given was. I guess that's okay, but it better be as short a period of time as as possible so you can get back to the way things are supposed to be. And there was not a single scripture cited. Mm. Um, You know, it was just basically like, because Ward Cleaver does this stuff and June does this stuff, right? and, you know, we don't want to mess with that, and I mean... I, I get that there's a, a fear right now of slippery slopes into redefining every gender role and even redefining gender itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I don't know when, when, when you get into and I guess we're we're a little off topic now. But when you get into <laughs> making rules and binding the consciences of other people, especially a husband and wife who, in in mutual submission uh, and submission to God's word, have decided this is how we are going to. Get it all done. That's you're so over. It, it, that goes beyond even like the K D Y with the Christmas, you know, right, right. thing. Oh yeah. I mean, but it's along those lines, right? It's just way beyond. Yeah. And I think the same could be said of you know if if you're a, a man and you're not able to make a, a bunch of money, um, you know, X amount, so that you can buy a big diamond ring mm-hmm. and then you'll be able to you know pay the mortgage and and the wife can stay home and do all. That's – frankly, that's none of your business because you're binding the conscience of someone else right. with a culture expectation. Right. Well, And I mean, and, I mean you got to – we got to go – and I mean there are texts we can talk about and stuff, but you got to get it back to the scripture and you got to try to propel yourself back into the the world of the scriptures when they were written. Right. And then bridge that context back to where we are today. Right. Right. Well, and I was going to say, I
0: mean, let's be real. I I mean, I remember when my wife and I, um, you know, we we dated in college and we got married uh, the summer in between our junior and senior year of college. So for our entire senior year, we were still full time in school. We were going to school out of state. Neither one of us lived in the state where we were going to school. And so, you know, we found. We found off-campus housing and, you know, we both had pseudo jobs. I mean, I cleaned the church down at the bottom of the street a few days a week. She still worked um, as a receptionist in the physical education center um, on school campus. And I think um, I was volunteering or – no, I was. I was volunteering at the church as well because I was trying to finish up and get all of my intern credits for my degree and – you know, so like we had all these things going on. I mean, the reality is if you were to look at where we were financially as a couple at that point, I mean, it was a joke. Like the fact that we survived, you know, financially our first year was a miracle from God in and of itself. I mean, you know, so to me, like when you start getting into prying into someone else's um, finances, you like you said, that's that's just a really slippery slope. Like that's none of your business. My wife and I had looked at what we were going to be making, how we were going to be living. We looked at some things and decided we were going to cut some things out, not have things here, not do things there. You know, and that's – I mean that's typical of all marriages, of I think of all relationships, going into marriages at all times. I mean – Even now, today, we still look at our budget and we're like, oh, well, we're only making this much, but we have this much money going out, so we got to cut this, this, and this. I mean trying to judge what people should and shouldn't do in a relationship based off finances to me is – well, it's none of your business. I mean that's up to the, the couple to decide what they're going to do and how they're going to live and support themselves and survive.
1: And you know when you you mention college and everything, I, I think most of these people who who would uh, really prescribe uh, the the man as the breadwinner, et cetera, et cetera, they'd be all right with. Well, you know, I'm in college right now for the next three years. So my wife is working really hard, and I'm not working much, just a couple hours, and I'm focusing on school. Mm. And then later, you know, I'll get my degree in business or whatever it is, and I'll be able to make a bunch of money. But here's the thing: you're not guaranteed any, right. you know, that, that you'll you'll still be around in five years. You're yes. guaranteed just today. And yes. and if it's okay for us to live like this today, and it's not sinful, it's okay for us to live like this as long as we're both happy doing it. Yes. And, and you know. If, if, if women live longer than men in general. There's a decent shot in any marriage; she's going to be taking care of you at some point, buddy. And if your <laughs> pride is going to get in the way of that, um, that's that's just sad. Yeah. Uh, and you know, when men get sick, we're all like, oh, I'm dying. And there's all these little loopholes for when it's okay for me to not be the macho man who who brings home all the bacon. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and you know, I mean. When I look at the, the scriptures, there is a lot that's said about singleness and marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I've been teaching through a uh, class on, on women in the church. And we were just looking at Matthew 19 when Jesus talks about uh, eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb and eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men mm-hmm. and eunuchs who made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom. And, uh, you know, that sounds really painful, but it's pretty <laughs> well uh, established and and widely accepted by by most scholars I've read that uh, Jesus isn't talking about self-emasculating or anything. Right. What he's talking about is people choosing a life of singleness, and he right. really affirms it in a way that the Jewish culture he was reaching out to did not value singleness. You know, if you were going to be a man, you were going to marry a beautiful wife and have a ton of kids, um, and you know, make make a real kind of West Michigan reformed church homeschool situation, you know, over here playing settlers of Catan. Yeah. You're going to play a little, you're going to play a little settlers. <laughs> you know, you're going to, you're going to watch your Brian Regan and, and, and chuckle mildly and you're going to read the Heidelberg catechism and go to sleep and get up and do it all again. Um, and, and yet Jesus says, you know, singleness is, is good. Then Paul goes so far as to say that in a, in a given context, I would argue um, because of the difficulties being faced he wishes that everyone he was writing to could be just like him unmarried un unhindered but even in that case he's like but and, and Jesus says the same thing if there are many who can't handle his teaching mm-hmm. it's okay and 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 Paul says there are, you know if 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 you're going to burn with passion and granted Jared said I like the opposite sex not I'm right. burning with passion <laughs> but i mean and i don't think that means necessarily at the end of the day, just if you're going to be, you know, shipwrecked in your faith by lust right. and and descend into pornography, you can you can burn with just a passion. And, and I'd have to look at you know what what we, epithumia, what, what what word we're looking at in the Greek. I'm, I'm I don't have it memorized, but but I mean, you could you could kind of be preoccupied with a passion for wanting to have a family yeah. and be a husband, and it's better than to just sit there and pine about it. It's far better to marry. Right. And and you know, I have I've been in ministry a long time now. Um decades, and by that I mean 1.7 decades or something. <laughs> and, and and not all of it in my current context, but I've I've seen uh marriages where both the husband and the wife um had some some serious uh issues that that kept them from working and they were getting some kind of government assistance. Yeah. And and getting married makes it more difficult because for whatever reason uh, the government will will penalize you in that in that context. But who's who's really ever going to think that there's a biblical case to be made that says because your your position in this moment is not ideal when it comes to making money, you should not follow. Uh, a a biblical model of leaving and cleaving. You know, even while we turn to someone else and say, at the moment you're making money just fine. But for all I know, the bubble's going to pop on your industry or you're going to get hit by a bus or you're going to wind up having Parkinson's disease at 40 like my grandfather did. And you're not going to be able to anymore. But your marriage is still, you know, quote unquote, legitimate then. Just so long as it blindsides you.
0: Right. Well, and what's interesting too is, you know, we talked about the, you know, this, this group of people and all the loopholes they love to have, you know, and it seems like, you know, realistically, uh, let's say, you know, um, man and woman get married, you know, and, and the woman is working and it's okay to do that right up until you start having kids. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, once you start having kids, you know, the woman better stay home and she better take care of the kids because that's, you know, I mean, in crass terms, that's her job. That's her duty. You know, and my wife and I have actually talked about this. I'm more domesticated and more of a homemaker than she is. Um, You know, if we were to ever have kids in that context and setting that required one of us to stay home, she's totally fine with the idea of me doing it. Like, How cool would that be? No questions, no qualms. It's like, yep, you're the one that's going to stay home and take care of the kids and, you know, make sure that dinner's ready on the table Uh and all that stuff because – You know, that's kind of a lot of what I do now anyway is, you know, I'm, I'm the main cook in the family and, you know, she does, I mean, don't get me wrong. She does a ton of stuff around the house, but like, that's the stuff that I thrive on. Like I, you know, this past Christmas we were, you know, we were kind of looking at our budget and we're like, well, we don't have a ton of money. And so we did what we did, um, Twelve years ago when we were first married, uh well, I'm sorry, not twelve years ago when we first married. we've been married almost fourteen years, but twelve years ago we um we decided that we were going to do homemade gifts, so I made pillows for all of her brothers um and and I'm the one that did that, like I sewed the material and stuffed it and you know made the pillows for them.
1: You know, it's um, a good thing you're like a fifth degree black belt because you, <laughs> you, you probably got to use that when you when you tell this story, huh. You're like what a dance and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when you used to have a windpipe that's right, <laughs> well, dude, okay, so
0: funniest story ever. I got the nickname Domestico in my family from when this happened because um so her sister, who is ten years younger than her, um was over the house and um It was just after Christmas because she was uh, that twelve years ago. She was one of the people that I made the pillows for, so you know, like I had done that, and then I used to do tree work at that time, and so my pants had ripped, and I didn't have time to run out and get a new pair of pants, so I was literally sewing them up in the living room when she was over, and she just kind of looked at me. She's like, "Wait a minute, so let me get this straight you you cook in the house." And you so, you're, like, all domesticated. I'm going to call you domestico.
1: And (laughs) now all of us are as well, Nathan.
0: (laughs) See, the funny (laughs) thing, though, is for me, like, I really – when we talk about gender roles and things like that, like, to me, that's the thing that I just – I don't care about. Like, I'm secure enough in my masculinity. You know, you talked about black belt and all that. Really, like, yeah, I mean – I'm the guy who can do all that stuff, but I'm also the guy who will, you know, jump into the ring and knock someone out. You know, Um, well,
1: and that gets to—I mean, a—I got to say, stay-at-home dad probably always looks different from stay-at-home mom. With me, if I—I'd love that gig, and it would be constant Nerf war. (laughs) I mean, just like it would never end. As soon as you thought that it was over, you'd get shot in the back of the head. And B, (laughs) it's so arbitrary. When you talk about cooking, like you could make something in the kitchen, and there are people in, in the, you know, like what's that worldview weekend clown's name? I don't even uh, care. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, okay. know, Brandon, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, House MD. Uh, he, he, you know, people coming coming from this kind of um, blending of Western uh, modern Western culture with with the Bible would scoff at that. And yet you could probably make the exact same dish out on a grill, like one of those high end grills that has the little gas burner and everything. And that'd be fine. And it's like, you know, historically, you know who I remember? If you you want me to, to think about cooking and think about the Bible, off the top of my head right now, I remember two guys cooking. One is this dude named Esau who was really good at making a savory dish? Yeah. And if you, if you told him he was a pansy, he would kill you. Yeah. And he wouldn't break a sweat doing it. The other is uh, this, how was the guy's name? Uh, Jesus right. who <laughs> cooks fish after his resurrection. There's, there was no built-in. Like, you know, I, I remember watching the extras on uh, Desperado, or one of Robert Rodriguez movies. Oh, yeah, and he crassly yeah, yeah. says, uh, you got to know how to cook. If you don't know how to cook, it's like not knowing how to basically how to procreate. Uh, And then he says you're going to need to eat for the rest of your life, and he shows how to make these Mexican dishes. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing, you know. People will point at the the King James passages that are the effeminate don't enter the kingdom of God, and say, "You see, you're, what are you wearing? A little ruffly apron while you cook? That's effeminate." No, I'm not actually. I'm honestly, I'm probably wearing cargo shorts when I cook, but. (laughs) And, and my wife is a far better cook than me, and I only have a few things I can make, but I love to cook. I think it's fun mm-hmm. and and so yeah when you're getting into and to try and bring it back to to jared 's question yeah I think i you have to have a critical eye when you read this stuff, mm-hmm. and whenever you come across something that's really you know kind of it takes the wind out of your sails when it comes to wanting to find the woman that that God has for you and someone with whom you can serve God who your strengths will complement one another yeah. Yeah. and you can you can lift each other up and pray for and with each other and and something st- tries to kind of steal that from you you've got to stop and say are they? I mean, what's the what's the biblical basis here? And are they doing some kind of exegetical funny play? Because right. I can't think of a single text that would indicate. I mean, are we going back into the Old Testament law now? And like anybody who has like a cleft foot can't step foot into God's house? That's obsolete. And yeah. and so yeah, you got to let that go, or you got to stop eating shellfish and sitting on a chair that a menstruating woman sat on in the last month, and you know. And and that's not going to get you saved. So yeah, it's it's so picky, choosy that that it, it drives me nuts. This kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree. And you know, I the thing that we need to remember too is you know we're living in a completely different uh, culture. And and I, again, I'm I'm not going to you know um, bring um, scripture per se into this, other than the time frame. Like during this time in history men were the providers, you know, this is why God allowed for, you know, r- the remarriage to occur. The, uh, it, it was the Leverite law, right? Where, you know, the, well, the that brother, was more
1: about providing a son actually.
0: Right. But wasn't it also to take care of the woman? I mean, isn't, that's the
1: kinsman redeemer. Oh, I the, the kinsman exactly. redeemer. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I, I knew it was, I knew it was one of those where, yeah, I mean, you have this law to provide because women literally couldn't, couldn't make a living. They couldn't make a way for themselves in that time, in that culture. We, we don't have as much of that going on nowadays. I mean, we have a whole lot of other issues that are going on nowadays, but like that idea that, you know, a single woman can't provide for herself and take care of herself is ridiculous. You know, that marriage yeah. is necessary is, is ridiculous, you know? And so to me, the, you know, the, the, that kind of, equal um playing field would be the fact that the man has to now be out working because the woman can't essentially
1: even in the new testament world though i mean tell tell lydia that a woman can't make it on their her own yeah. I mean, she, She's <laughs> yeah. like oh i'm too busy buying and selling you to to hear what you have to say right. and, and like phoebe and yeah. and the fact that jesus ministry seemed to have been Majority funded by wealthy women. Yes, Um, I mean married women, like uh, you know the woman who's married to the steward of Herod's house, and then also single and widowed women, and and so yeah, this kind of thing. If it's tied to cultural necessities, once the culture changes and the necessities change, you have to stop and say, is this a biblical principle that's timeless? Or what? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's just what you said, right. but I, my, my point is that even by the time Jesus' ministry begins, right. these things are shifting and changing, and I mean, at the end of the day, w- the Proverbs 31 woman was very much Old Testament. She's out, she's considering a oh, field yeah. and buying it before <laughs> yeah. breakfast. She's a baller, yeah. and that's okay. She's making money. I mean, look at Abigail. Who Who's running that household, man? I mean, granted – Nabal's uh, – not Nabal. Na- no, yeah, Nabal. He's, he's not a good example. Right. But I mean the fact that she was so – she's both beautiful and a peacemaker and she's just capable right. and, and kind of awesome is I think what draws David to her. And he's like, holy cow, this woman's the whole package. Right. Lucky me, her husband just died. Right. And it didn't make him go, ew, what do you think? You're a man or something? What about traditional blah, blah, blah? Right. And, and, and so – yeah as a a new testament you know this side of the cross i am always baffled by the particular seemingly random ways in which people will choose to hamstring themselves by making themselves live by mores of an obsolete ceremonial system
0: yeah yeah no, absolutely, absolutely agreed, and you know that's. I think that's the main thing is going back to the Bible and and what does the Bible say? Show me where this is commanded, where this is mandated. Show me where I am supposed to live by this standard, up to these rules that you are imposing. And, and people hate to say it, but come on. The reality is every time you add something to Scripture, every time you take something away from Scripture, you're doing the exact same things that the Pharisees did, the exact same things that Christ is coming down and condemning people for. You're not living by my law and the law that I set forth. You're living by the laws that you've set forth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the you've changed up the truth of God for the the traditions of men, mm-hmm. and and I mean, just here's the thing is we're we're all friends on Facebook. You, me, mm-hmm. Jared. Yep, Jared, you're sticking awesome. Yeah, and uh, any lady would be lucky to have you, and let us encourage you and tell you don't don't let uh, the the kind of grimacing, grumbling, grousing pharisee bunch make you feel guilty for wanting to to fulfill a desire god has put in you yeah yeah you know if there there are desires in us that that we we struggle with and we feel guilty about because they're they're native to the flesh Mm -hmm. and scripture condemns them in no uncertain terms and we have to crucify those things if it's rooted in the fall weed it out this deal is this this whole wanting to be the husband of one wife mm-hmm. be faithful to her and and do what god designed from the beginning which is for us to come together and help each other and and hold each other up that's rooted in creation yeah and it's confirmed and affirmed in redemption and in the consummation when we have the marriage supper of the lamb yeah so the every part of the story, story but sin lifts this up yeah so 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 I mean, pursue it as passionately as you you feel the the desire to i mean if if it's really important to you, full steam ahead, man mm-hmm. find find your lady if it's something that you're kind of like, well, I mean, I wouldn't mind dating. Mm-hmm. there's no reason biblically you shouldn't you shouldn't be dating. just I mean, don't use that horrible app where you swipe people left and right. that's awful <laughs> We no are not good enough. <laughs> yeah, no, <right>. no joke. <laughs> Although I did do a, I did do a wedding of two people who met on that, um, and they were just like, "Well, you know, everyone's using it," and and they're both Christians, and they're both, and I was like, "Really? But are they?" But really? But okay. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I've got a have um, got a very
0: good friend of mine and he met his wife on I think it was eHarmony, um <laughs> which I always te- I always tease them about, but um, I I love them greatly and uh, you know they are uh, the closest and dearest friends uh, that I have so but um, but yeah that, that whole like yeah swipe right, swipe left
1: mm, Well pass. based solely on the uh, one photograph of someone Right. I, I wouldn't make it past round one in that deal, man. <laughs> They'd be like, what a dork. Gone.
0: Uh, I'm posting a picture from like 15 years ago when I was modeling or something.
1: <laughs> You're posting a picture of you as Wolverine. That's right. Snicky snick, baby. Bub. I'll, that's right. That, that's, the, Bub. that's the little tagline. I'll call you Bub.
0: Uh, I'm the best at what I do but what I do isn't very nice
1: (laughs) okay that sounds like somebody everyone would type left Um, that sounds that sounds a little that sounds a little suspect
0: (laughs) oh my goodness dude going back to the comedians on um, Netflix have you seen any of um, is it Gabriel Iglesias I think Uh, yeah I've seen one or two have you seen some of his stuff oh my gosh um I forget where I was going with that. Something just reminded me of that. Oh, he does this thing about like the creepiest superhero ever and he's like Batman. And he's like, you know, I'm Batman. Do you want some candy? And then like just goes on this whole bit about, you know, Batman having the creepiest voice ever and like just not, you know, not the normal superhero. So I thought that was kind of funny.
1: I can't laugh at Batman, dude. Come on. Was that a trap? Was that a was that a, a trick test? where are you on batman dude if i if i if i mocked batman 14 year old me would leap forward (laughs) through the space-time continuum spin kick me in the face see superman was always my go-to in dc so Ah, superman's boring he's bulletproof (laughs) he's impervious to everything he's so so what what do you have to do then? and then and, and granted now we 're back into the nerdy stuff from last week, but what do you, you, you then you got to give him bad guys that are just as powerful as him. Why not just have two regular guys fighting at this point
0: well they 've done some really cool stuff with him though like did you ever see um, did you ever see like all star Superman? I mean, they had a series of like cartoons that came out. Did you ever see like that one or um, Superman and I think versus the elite
1: no i 've never heard of that.
0: Those were, those were actually really cool, um, setups because in Superman, All-Star Superman, he's actually like, he's actually like dying. Like Lex Luthor has made this whole plan and set it up where he's gotten, he's actually gotten too much, um, sun poisoning, um, over the years of like having to heal and regenerate and things like that. And so Lex Luthor devised this whole scheme to kill Superman. And that was actually really fascinating, um, but then there was one Superman versus the elite where he 's going up against these people who have the ability to like mess with his mind and stuff, and so it 's like what would Superman look like if he wasn 't restrained by his moral code and compass because um, you know he spares this one guy 's life and, and sends them to jail, but the guy just gets out of jail and then he goes and kills someone and so even the public is kind of getting down on him for this, and then the elite come onto the scene, and they 're willing to make the tough calls and take care of this and so then something starts you know brewing between them and Superman, and so the people are actually rooting for the elite, and Superman basically pulls out this whole thing where it 's like well, you want you want to see Superman unrestrained you 're going to get him. I mean, it, it was really it was good. It was a really well done, um, well done cartoon set of cartoons that were that were out.
1: My favorite thing with Superman is uh, the superhero cafe on how it should have ended. Oh. <laughs> All of those are great.
0: And because you, I'm Batman. Do you watch honest trailers?
1: Oh yeah, we watch them obsessively. <laughs> That's another thing my son can quote like verbatim.
0: Oh my word! Did you ever see the series that they did on the the Twilight series?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've seen those, and I've seen the bad lip readings of Twilight, and that is my the extent of my interaction with Twilight.
0: But that's all you need. I mean, you don't need anything
1: else.
0: <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, before we get into, uh, too much more nerdage, um, dude, this has been a, has been in, a good Nathan. conversation. That's right. <laughs> um, and actually, I don't think we mentioned Mission Aware. So, you know, let's give, uh, shouts out and high fives to them. Um, all the great products that they have over at Mission Aware. Um, you know, you got, we just, uh, we just celebrated Mother's Day yesterday. So if you didn't get a chance to, you know, get something from them for your mother, you got Father's Day coming up in, uh, what, four weeks, five weeks?
1: Daddy wants some um, missional wear.
0: That's right. I mean great t-shirts, great uh Yeti mugs or, you know, the equivalent of Yeti mugs that you can get. And those are really high quality mugs that they have. It doesn't matter whether it's the coffee mug, the Yeti mug, the beer mugs. I actually got a um I got a flask from them that has the Post Tenembrun Lux on it. Post Tenembrus Lux on it um which is really cool etched in there into the metal. So I mean, you know, Check out Mission Aware for some great products for Dad for Father's Day.
1: You know, they, they really need to get that a- ashtray situation up and oh, running. Oh my
0: gosh, that would I be I consulted amazing. on that
1: for a time, and uh, he, he sounded really passionate about it, and it just fell through the cracks. Jeff, my man. Yes, Jeff. Get the get the ashtray going. Also, check your email about uh, sponsorship for Clinch season two. Just just throwing that out there. Nice, nice. Well, I'm
0: gonna I gotta send Jeff a uh, quick sh- uh, quick email um, when we finish up here. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll throw out that whole ashtray thing to him. Uh, give him a little what, reminder
1: on it for you. What one more shout out, dude? Did you see? Did you see the coasters? Oh my gosh! Yes. Those that was incredible oh, dude my boy well you know the guy's name is zach and then his last name starts with b so you know he's going to be you know the man that's what right. uh dude he made him with a laser if you don't know what i'm talking about i'll post him uh, uh again uh the picture but it's on my twitter uh author z bartles and and the guy uh, i'd never met him but he, he he found out about me through this podcast nice. and uh he just he wanted to get some of my books and he came by the church and he gave me a set of four coasters that he had cut with like an industrial laser he owns and on them with the laser had been etched in these go to eleven logo gut check logo and then my church logo nice uh, man they're so
0: cool that's fantastic dude we we need to see if uh, he can send th- set those up for uh, mass production that, that, that yeah, I, those would be cool to to send out.
1: Guarantee he can. He does it in his basement, again, with a laser. Nice. That's the money.
0: That is fantastic. All right, dude. Well, we're going to go ahead um, and sign off now. Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.